0: Hello, and welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. Thank you for joining us to worship and learn more about God as we all pursue Him together as a community. For more podcasts and services about past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendecator.org or come connect with us in person on Sunday mornings in downtown Decatur. Now, enjoy the message. Isn't it? I'm back there crying. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a mess when I walk out here. Well, my name is Dr. Mary Antal. I have to say it. It sounds weird. For those of you who don't know, I just finished my Doctor of Ministry in Theology and Apologetics. It's... <laughs> Thank you, um, I, could not, I could not do it without my wonderful husband Joey and my family and all of you guys praying and checking in on me. Uh, so thank you tech team for adding that, I feel so special. Um, but just call me Mary, don't call me, you don't have to call me Dr. Antal. Anyways, who's so excited to be a p- in the middle of that one thing? I love this series. For the last six years, This has been something I and I'm pretty sure most of you guys look forward to here at Renaissance. And there are a couple of reasons why I love this so much. First of all, we have a whole month where we don't have to listen to Jeff. (laughs) I'm kidding. A little bit. Uh, No, what I love about that one thing is we have the opportunity to listen to members of the church and other leaders and guest speakers talk about what Christ is doing in their lives, how God is moving in the church, and we get this refreshing perspective that maybe we wouldn't get if it weren't for this series, okay? And another reason why I love it so much is because we have a wonderful and wise pastoral staff. I don't think you guys maybe quite get that, Growing up in the church, I, I can't even think of a time where a pastor would willingly take a month off so he could grow and grow in what God has for him and, and, and dive deep into his word so he could grow and rest in the presence of God. And that's a big deal. And I think we should give a round of applause to the pastoral staff for embarking that wisdom on us. So go ahead. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal. So yeah, so me being up here is it's it's like a dream come true. It really, really is. The past two weeks, Joe and Preston both preached phenomenal sermons. In fact, after Preston preached last week, I said, "How am I gonna follow that one? My word!" But we had some really similar um, experiences as the three of us were developing our sermons. Not together, separate experiences. And I think that just speaks to the Holy Spirit as a person and what he's doing in our life. If the three of us, as we're composing our messages, are experiencing the same thing, right? The Holy Spirit is speaking to us in similar ways. Then that means we are all like rooted and we're on the same track. And I think that means that you guys uh, and myself, we have something that we need to listen to. Something we need to pay attention. And when Jeff asked me, Mary, would you like to preach on that one thing? Of course. I said, yes, I love to talk. If you know me, I love to talk. But one thing that Jeff did, and he, he probably won't do this again, is he asked me to join this series in March. So that was three months of me nagging him. Jeff, what's the question? Jeff, what's the question? I think I asked him probably 20 times because I love to prepare for things and he would not give me the question. I was like, oh my gosh. So I was like, you know what? If Jeff isn't gonna give me the question, I'll just make some up and see if he likes any of them, right? So my favorite question that I proposed to Jeff, it got shot down pretty quickly, but I think it's great. I'm gonna share it anyways, ready? What's that one thing about the Chicago Cubs that make them eternally better than the St. Louis Cardinals? I could be up here all day. We're not in last place, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) But finally, Jeff gave me a call and he gave me the question. I was like, finally, I can get to work. I love going to work and studying. And so he calls me up and he goes, hey, this is when you're preaching and here's the question, write it down. What is that one thing that the Holy Spirit is developing in your life? He asks me the question. I take a moment to breathe and he goes, so what's your answer? And I'm like, Jeff, it's been two seconds. I don't have an answer that quick. He's like, well, what are you thinking about? I'm like, well, okay. And right off the bat, I had two ideas. I had two ideas, right? So option A. I tell you guys what I have been learning the last three to four years in my studies and we have a sermon on apologetics and the spiritual discipline that's lacking in the church and you guys will probably fall asleep but I would have the best time. So I was like, that's what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do it. And then the second option was, I need to be vulnerable. I need to be real with you guys. What is the Holy Spirit really wanting me to grow in? What does he want me to do better in? I was like, nah, I'm going with option A. <laughs> but something happened though. Every time I sat down to write a sermon on option A, this is something I've been studying for years. So I, should, I, mean, I could just copy a paper that I've written, right? But every time I sat down to write a sermon on what I wanted, nothing happened. Nothing felt right. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't put four sentences together to save my life. And so I was like, no, the Lord is telling me, the Holy Spirit's telling me, you gotta go with option B here. So before I give you the answer to the question, I know you guys are all on the edge of your seat. What is the scary, vulnerable answer that Mary has for the question? I'm gonna talk about something irrelevant for like five minutes, because that's what I like to do. So (laughs) build the suspense a little. All right, so raise a hand where are my millennials at in the house? Fellow millennials, if you were born 1981 to 1996, raise your hand. Okay, there's like 12 of us, but you know what? Okay, more, yeah. I love being a millennial. But fun fact, for the longest time, I did not like being associated with my generation. I thought we were kinda lazy, didn't wanna work. I feel like an old soul. So I really didn't associate with them. But over the past few years, I've come to enjoy being a millennial. I think we're the generation that's going to change the world for Jesus, if I'm being honest. Come on now. Uh, Because we just see things in a different light. And my daughter thinks it's really cool. In fact, Avery, she's almost eight. She goes, Mom, if I could go back in time, I would go to the 1990s. And I'm like, the 1990s it's it's not like the 18th century she goes yes it is it was so long ago (laughs) whatever I guess I guess it's cool to be a 90s kid in my eight-year-old's eyes so I roll with it but one of the best parts about being a millennial is we have really good movies right I want to talk about one of my favorites real quick so who here has seen the movie The Princess Diaries with Anne Hathaway phenomenal movie okay so if you've seen the movie you're gonna get the joke. If you haven't seen the movie, it's okay, it's still a little funny, okay? I'll explain it, I'll explain it. So in the movie The Princess Diaries, the main character Mia and her best friend Lily are like the nerds of all nerds. In fact, Mia says I'm invisible and I'm good at it. Like that is her tagline, okay? So she's a nerd and I probably liked this movie so much because I'm a nerd. Um, Nonetheless, they don't really do a lot outside of school but they do have one extracurricular activity, and that is they host a monthly cable show. Okay, now this cable show is underfunded, uh, the, the set is unenthusiastic, and I'm pretty sure there's only seven viewers, their mom, their dad, and maybe their grandparents. <laughs> but even though they're overlooked, no one listens to these children, no one listens to them in real life or on their cable show, the name of their cable show is, is still really impactful right? And this is where I'm going. The, the name of their cable show is the answer to Jeff's question. What is the Holy Spirit developing in my life? What's that one thing the Holy Spirit is developing in my life? He's telling me to shut up and listen. For real. He, he is developing within me this ability to be quiet and listen to what he has to say, because there's a whole plan for my life that's out there and the steps are right there waiting for me to hear them and receive them, I just do a really bad job of listening. I think some of us kind of fall into that same trap, right? Where we struggle with listening to the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you guys, um, but I am a learner. I love to learn things. I love questioning and wondering about stuff. And so if someone says, A, then there must be a B, correct? So if I say the Holy Spirit has something he wants to tell us, that would infer that he has a means of communication, right? Right. So if the Holy Spirit has something to say, how is he going to say it? And I think the first thing that we have to understand is that the Holy Spirit is a person, Remember, he was hovering over the spirit of the water when creation happened. He was there when humanity was made in the image of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And so we have to always remember in our mind that the Holy Spirit is a person in our lives, but he's more than just an acquaintance. He knows us so intimately. Now, if you have your Bible, you can open it up or your phone we're going to be all over the place, so it might be easier for you guys to follow along on the screen. But we're going to start off in Jeremiah, all the way in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1. And in this book, it's, it's the prophet Jeremiah, and he's sharing all these prophecies for Israel. God reveals to him right in the beginning how much God knows him. Jeremiah is, I don't know, probably concerned and confused, like, why have you chosen me to deliver this message to your people? And this is what God says in Jeremiah 1.5. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even existing, I knew you. And so we can infer if God is telling Jeremiah that he knows him so intimately, then does that not apply to us? If God knows Jeremiah before his existence, God knows us before our existence too. And if God and the Holy Spirit are one and the same, then doesn't the Holy Spirit know us in the same depths of God? All of these things connect and we can't even begin to listen to what he has to say unless we first understand this foundational truth that the Holy Spirit is an active person who is always active and present in our lives. I think that's the biggest mistake we have is so often the Holy Spirit becomes an object just like this cup, just like this microphone. He becomes this supernatural, supernatural like power spurt of energy when we're feeling sad or if we need a really good prayer, we call on the Holy Spirit or we need to get out of jail free card. And too often, we've reverted the Holy Spirit into a mere object that we can manipulate to fit our own needs. But that's not what he is. He's a person who knows us, who was there when we were formed and he loves us and he has something he wants to say, but we aren't listening. The apostle Paul speaks about the depth of the Holy Spirit, right? What he knows, what he does for our lives. And this is what he says to believers in 1 Corinthians two, ten, and 11. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? In other words, the spirit knows everything about us and everything about God. So why are we not taking advantage of that? That's my question, why am I not taking advantage of that? If the Spirit knows and searches us and can reveal love and mercy and compassion and knowledge and wisdom, why are we so quick to give the Holy Spirit the back seat? Again, if we want to hear the Holy Spirit, if we want to understand the will of the Father, he has to always be seen and loved as a person in our lives. You don't have to take my word for it. That's okay. Because I've got a better word, and that's Jesus's. Let's see what Jesus has to say about the Holy Spirit in John sixteen seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. There's two things I want to point out. One Did you notice that helper is a capital H? That is because Jesus is giving the Holy Spirit this seniority, this level of influence in our lives by giving him this proper name of a helper, right? The Holy Spirit isn't just an object. He's a working person and a helper in our lives. But here's the second thing. I can't wrap my head around it. How is it that the Holy Spirit residing in me is greater than if Jesus Christ was standing right here next to me on the stage? The disciples couldn't comprehend it. I can't comprehend it. But that's what Jesus says. He goes, it is so much better for you to have the helper with you in every circumstance of your life than it is to have me here. How many of us say things like, well, if Jesus were here, I would listen. If Jesus could just pop out of the sky, I'd follow him forever. If I could live back in Jesus's day with Jesus, I would be the perfect Christian. What we're missing is we have this helper that's readily available to us and wants to do everything for us. We just are so quick to ignore him. Jesus continues in verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Let's read that again. The Holy Spirit will declare to you the things that are to come. This is not just what our eternity looks like, okay? When we believe in Jesus, we we believe his death and his resurrection, accept him in our lives. Yes, we know what our eternity looks like in heaven but the Holy Spirit is here to help guide us in our earthly life as well. Do I take that relationship? Do I take that job? Do I end that relationship? Do I need to move? Do I need to do something else? Do I need to kick this habit? You see, the Holy Spirit is a helper, a direct line of communication between God the creator and for whatever reason, again, I'm gonna keep saying it because I need to convince myself too, why are we not listening? Why are we not listening? I got a couple stories for you guys because I love stories. Um, I'm going to try not to cry. You guys can't cry. It's a little sad. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I don't want you to feel sorry for my family. I don't want you to feel sorry for my son because these stories that I'm going to share with you uh, have a purpose and this is one of them. So I was thinking backstage, this is one of the first times I get to use the, the, the most sorrowful moments of my life for God's glory. I get to use the, the disease that my son was born with to glorify God. So please, for, for whatever my word is worth, do not feel sorry for one, for one moment for my family. So, those of you who don't know, my son Gideon was born with a rare form of heart disease. Um... And as such, he's had a couple of open-heart surgeries. His first one happened when he was only eight days old, which was insane. Welcome to parenthood. And when he was born, we had a decision to make. Do we make this um, crazy decision and decide to let him grow do we do we put a shunt in his heart and let him grow before he gets bigger and then that way the the larger surgery he has will be have a higher chance of success or do we do the the big surgery and have him live in the hospital for months Uh, My husband and I and the surgeon chose the first option. We chose to have a central shunt put in his heart. And what this did is is it took the, the blood that was oxygenated and it mixed it with the unoxygenated blood and it allowed oxygen to carry to all of his major organs so he could survive. This was really scary because for eight months my son was as blue as a blueberry. There were often times people thought I gave my infant a sucker or they thought he was dead because he was that gray in blue, so it was really scary, but it was a decision that we had to make, and, and that shunt is actually called a conduit, and that's the word I wanna talk about really quick. It's called a conduit, and so in our household, a conduit has a very significant physical meaning, because this was a piece of material that was put in my son's heart that kept him alive. It allowed what he needed to get to where it needed to go without disruption. And I think the Holy Spirit communication to us, the Holy Spirit's modes of communication serve as our conduit to God, right? And I would go so far as the Holy Spirit's wisdom that he receives from the Father has the ability to save our lives every day if we let it. The Holy Spirit's communication is our conduit to God the Father. So if we know these things, if we know the Holy Spirit knows us like God, if we know the Holy Spirit has a personal message he wants to share with us, and if we know that Jesus holds the Holy Spirit to such a high standard, then there has to be a reason or two that we don't listen. right? Because we can know things, but it doesn't mean we believe things. I think there are two primary reasons why we don't listen to the Holy Spirit in our lives, especially myself. And the first one is stubbornness, right? Who's stubborn? I'm stubborn. Man, how many of us think I can build a house by myself or I can, in my experience, earn a degree no matter what crazy circumstance? I can raise chickens. I can keep this job. I can still be sane. We have this stubbornness about us, right? Gideon, I know I was talking about him earlier, He's stubborn too. He's the sweetest kid in the entire world, but he's stubborn as a mule. And a few weeks ago, he asked me, mom, can I do the dishes? Now, like any mom or dad here, we're not gonna turn down free chores, right? Amen? Now, I knew that if I let my nine-year-old go do the dishes, the odds are there's gonna be water everywhere. The kitchen's gonna be a mess. Thank the Lord he didn't ask to use the dishwasher. But again, I want to encourage good behavior. So of course I say, yeah, buddy, go ahead, do the dishes. You know where the sponge is. It's next to the soap, next to the faucet. Tell him where everything is. Send him on his merry way. My precious Gideon was so excited. Every time he would wash a new dish, he goes, Mom, I just washed my sixth plate. I'm like, way to go. Keep it up. And he's going on and on and on. About half an hour goes by, and he's quiet. I'm like, oh, he's probably watching TV now. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go look at the dishwasher, see if I need to uh, call my insurance agent for an act of God of flood in my kitchen, uh, and I'm going to check it out. And who knows? Maybe I'll even use one of his clean dishes to get a glass of water. Y'all see where this is going. So I go in the kitchen, and I get a cup out of the sink, and I look at it, and I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Gideon forgot something really important. He didn't use the soap. I said, Gideon, why did you not use the soap? He goes, I didn't know it needed soap. Logic. I'm going to pray for his wife already. (laughs) Uh, I said, but I, I told you you needed to use soap. I was like, well, if you didn't know it needed soap, well, why didn't you come and ask me for help? You know, I already gave you instruction. I'll help you again. And my sweet, precious Gideon, he looked at me, kind of sad, because I wasn't excited about his dishes. And he said he wanted to do it by himself. If that's not us, I don't know what it is. How many times where we've been given instruction, we know how to live, we know how to act, yet we want to do everything ourselves, and we do it another way. And for whatever reason, we think we can't go to the Father and ask for help because we think we will be loved less, or we will be ashamed if we need help but if my son would have come to me and asked me for help I would have gladly given it to him it would have been an opportunity to learn to grow but instead his precious little nine-year-old stubbornness decided he needed to do it himself and I know I fall into that trap and maybe you do too so it's no wonder if we're so stubborn it's no wonder we don't hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us because we are so noisy singing our own praises that we don't even know he's talking. And I think alongside our desire to DIY life, we also maybe have a misunderstanding of how the Holy Spirit speaks. And that's, that's the big thing here that I, I want to dive in on. Because for me, the Holy Spirit speaks in ways that are so personal and weird that you guys might just call them a coincidence. But really quick, I want to share a quote from a theologian that I've studied several times, and his name is Robert Handy. Um, And this quote is really handy. So great job, Robert. And this is what he says about experiencing the communication of the Holy Spirit. My own personal experiences come not only when at worship, not only when engaged in Bible reading, but they have often come when I am engaged in my daily tasks of teaching, in his daily tasks. There are two ways the Holy Spirit can reveal himself to us. The first is called special revelation, and we all just experienced it. My goodness, when you get the goosies in worship, when you feel the spirit of God just roaming through the seats, when you're studying, when you're listening maybe to a podcast or a pastor, or you are uh, engaged in prayer, you will feel the Holy Spirit speaking and revealing things inside of you right? Words stick out, phrases stick out, but there's a whole nother way that God reveals himself to you through the Holy Spirit, and that is called general revelation. That's one of my favorite things to experience it. In other words, general revelation is everything else. It is people, experiences, baseball teams, the weird habits that you have that you think make you a dork. The Holy Spirit will use those to speak to you, I'm proof. So I'm going to give you guys a few examples. I'm going to be real with you guys. I told you already I am a nerd, and you guys are going to walk away. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she really is a nerd. So a couple things. I love numbers. Even though I'm a literature teacher, I love numbers. And one of my favorite things to do on a road trip is to take, um, like, the random number lines on the back of a semi truck or a license plate, and I love to make math equations out of them. Can I get all of the numbers to equal the last one? I also really like it when dates, like an abbreviated date, make a math equation. I call them math dates. And I think they're really fun. I told you I'm a nerd. But the Holy Spirit uses my nerdiness to speak to me. And here are some examples. The first one, my uh, youngest son, Henry, was born on March 21st, 2018. If you write that out, you get 3-21-18, which is... A math equation, right? Three minus 21 equals negative 18. Oh, maybe that's just a coincidence. Well, Henry was also eight pounds exactly and 21 inches long exactly. My husband and I's anniversary is August 21st. You guys might think, oh, you're just reading into this, but here's here's what you don't know is in between having three children, my husband and I also had three miscarriages. We also had... One child have two open heart surgeries and multiple seasons of depression for me and stress and worry. And so we knew Henry was gonna be our last child. We knew it. We were very blessed with Henry. And it's like, God knew that I needed this sense of completeness, this sense of love. Like I just needed a hug. And so he showed up in that way because to me, those numbers are so much more than just a date or a weight or a length. It's God giving me this merciful hug saying, I am so proud of you, you have done your job. Now love on your kids. Another example is the date I received my pastoral license. I received my pastoral license on June 25th, 2021, which if we abbreviate that, we get 62521, which I'm pretty sure some of you guys live in that zip code here in Decatur. What is special about that is that's the zip code of my childhood home where two months before I got married, I told my mom, I think I'm supposed to be in ministry. So to get my license on that day is insane. One more. You guys want to know what really pushed me to talk about this today, listening to the Holy Spirit and knowing that he has something so personal to share with us? It's today's date. Today is July 16th, 2023. Seven plus sixteen is twenty three. Do you see it? Right? And and numbers might not be your thing. I'm I'm not saying that God only speaks through numbers. I'm saying he knows how weird I am, that he will reveal his will and his plan and his love for me through numbers and other things, obviously. And I think that's. I think that's the thing we miss the most, is we are so wanting a massive sign, right? Like we want this big marquee, like God is saying, you need to do this, here's your big sign. You know, we we expect a mountaintop experience. And we think that the Holy Spirit will only speak to us in those mountaintop experiences. But I'm here to tell you, He knows you so well that He will speak to you in ways that you least expect it, but that are the most familiar. Okay, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry. When I was uh, putting all this together, I had originally a really good illustration that I was going to use. And last minute, I decided not to do it. Um, I'm almost ashamed that I forgot this story. This is probably one of the biggest moments where the Holy Spirit revealed himself to me. And if it weren't for this moment, I wouldn't be up here today. I told you guys that Gideon had, has heart disease. And we were very blessed. A lot of heart families don't find out about their children's hearts until they are born, which I can't even imagine. We were really blessed, and we found out at 20 weeks. Um, we were living in Fort Myers, Florida, and at our 20-week anatomy scan, we found out that he had something wrong with his heart, and they send us to this doctor, send us to this doctor. And over the course of 10 weeks, Gideon's heart got worse. Like he also has this, and this, and this, and the problems were just piling up. And so they were referring us to a hospital in Tampa, which was about a two and a half hour drive. And meeting with doctors there, they wanted to, to pretty much have Gideon live in the hospital for about three to four months. This was something that I didn't know if Joey and I had the sanity to do. So we, we knew we needed our family. But we can't really ask our parents to take off all that time of work to be with us. And so Joey and I decided, you know what? We are going to look at hospitals that are within a 10-hour range of Decatur. Like, maybe there's a hospital that has something he needs that's closer to home so we can be with family, because we can't do this by ourselves. So there were three hospitals we were looking at, one in St. Louis, one in Chicago, and one in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and that one's called CS Mott's. And Joey was at work and we had made a pros and cons list and I'm sitting on the bed and I'm crying because I have no idea what choice to make. Like I have a child that as soon as they're born is gonna need intensive medical care and I don't know where that care is gonna happen. And I have 10 weeks to figure this out. I remember telling God, just, just pick the pin up, just pick the pin up, circle where I'm supposed to go and then we'll do it, right? I even told him, I won't be afraid if the pen starts to levitate. Because in my mind, I thought that God would only reveal the future for my family and I through some crazy sign, which he does reveal his will through signs and wonders. But he also reveals himself more often through our daily lives. We had created a Facebook page so we could give all of our family members like updates uh, because a lot of people were messaging and it was exhausting. And so people kept sharing that, pray for Gideon, pray for Gideon, pray for Gideon. It was really, really cool because I have thousands of people praying for my unborn child. I don't even know who they are. Well, later on that week, I had four different people who I didn't know, but four different people comment where is he going? You should check out C.S. Mott's in Michigan. It's a great hospital, saved my nephew, saved my grandson. And I'm like, what? Because at this point in time, only five or so people knew that we were looking for a new hospital and that was our parents and our pastor. That was it. And I had four random strangers say, go to this hospital go to this hospital, CS Mott's four times. I told you guys, I'm a numbers nerd, right? Gideon has four separate things wrong with his heart. And I'm like, what? So Joey and I, we meet with our pastor. His, his name was Pastor Mike Lowry. I love him. He, uh, he died a few years after Gideon was born, um, but his words still ring so true to me today. We take all of this to him and, and we say, Pastor Mike, what are we supposed to do with this? he goes, I think this is the Holy Spirit telling you, you know what you're supposed to do. Okay, so we literally leave his office and we go and we're eating at a restaurant and we call the, the hospital, CS Mods. And I, by this point in time, I'm 31 weeks pregnant. I'm gonna have a seriously ill child in nine weeks. And we call them and explain everything. And I'm like, by the way, can we come? Can, can you take our son on as a patient? whatever reason, except God, the only answer I have, 17 days later, we had our first appointment in Michigan at CS Mott's. And not only did they accept us, our insurance was accepted. And the surgeon that was scheduled for Gideon, because we didn't get to pick our surgeon, it was whoever is available, just so happens to be the head of pediatric cardiology at CS Mott's. And her husband is the head of adult cardiology at the University of Michigan hospital. I couldn't ask for a better team for my son. And this wasn't anything that I did. You see guys, the Holy Spirit will reveal the plans he has for you, the plans that God has for you. The thing is, is are we going to acknowledge them? Are we gonna acknowledge them? I have one last verse I wanna share. And before it comes up on the screen, I, I kind of want to explain what Timi- or what Paul is doing for Timothy. In Paul's letters to Timothy, it, they're full of encouragement, right? Timothy was a young minister and he needed constant encouragement. And in the second letter, Paul opens up saying, hey, I don't want you to be ashamed of your testimony. I don't want you to be ashamed of the power of the gospel because it is so important for you. But he ends his, he ends this encouragement to Timothy with this. In 2 Timothy 1.14, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You see, the Holy Spirit does more than just speaking and revealing. He also guards the gospel that we've accepted as truth in our lives. I think that the times in my life where my faith has been the weakest is the times when I haven't been listening to the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that as we continue to listen to him and the will of the Father, the stronger our faith gets, the stronger our witness gets, and we have a greater ability to know what our purpose is on this earth. But well, That only comes with listening. So what's that one thing that the Holy Spirit is developing in your life? Don't know? Maybe it's because we need to listen better. For once in my life, I'm, I'm called to be speechless. I think my mom says amen to that. That's my challenge to you. Look closer at your life. The Holy Spirit will speak in the ways you don't expect him to, but it will feel like home. It will feel familiar and it really will point you to Christ because he wants to speak to you in your own personal love language. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for loving us, uh, not only in our sin in our despair, but also for loving us in our joy and in our individuality. Thank you for loving us as we are, the weird geeks, the nerds, the sport enthusiasts. Thank you for revealing yourself in ways that we don't expect through our friends, through our family members, heck, even through baseball. God, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to share what you've done in my life. And it is my hope and desire that everyone here leaves this place with the yearning to hear your voice, to hear your will that you have the love and mercy you have for us. But by doing it, by using the greatest tool you've given us, the Holy Spirit. Again, God, I thank you so much for this opportunity for us to come together and worship you. We're so thankful for your love. I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to support you and have you be a part of our community. So please, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. There you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, and even contribute to the growth of the church through online giving. Or you can come see us in person on Sunday mornings in downtown Decatur. We can't wait to see you.